My brain's splitting off in so many different directions. My brain's splitting off in so many different directions. <laughs> brains flooding off in so many different directions that no one has the answers to. My dad was a shrink. Certain things upset me. And my dad was a shrink. Certain things upset me. And my dad was a shrink. things upset me. What's the furthest star and then what's beyond the furthest star? What's the furthest star and then what's beyond the furthest star? What's the furthest star and then what's beyond the furthest star? Questions that no one has the answers to. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, where we're currently covering X-Force slash Ecstatics. Uh, Marvel Comics rebooted X-Force right in the middle. So we're on X-Force 117, where the team Ecstatics has basically taken over. They're not named that yet, yep. but we're, we're going to get there eventually, we promise. Um, yeah. We are having a good time with this, Gary. Yeah, I'm having a good time. Yeah. In the uh, the last issue, we uh, were introduced to the team, which unfortunately mostly died, but largely uh, and more importantly introduced to the concepts and kind of themes we're going to be running with, yes. which concern image and fame and uh, what it means to, you know, whether there is a space for actual heroics and capitalism, uh, things like that, that this, uh, this series explores. Uh, and we're getting our principal characters here on the cover. We have this little triptych of what are going to be our main characters for a while. And we know two of them. So the the, the woman yes. that's floating in the air looking like she's asleep is um, Edie slash you go girl. And uh, the guy mm-hmm. with the visor at the bottom when we're zoomed in on his face is Anarchist, a.k.a. Tyke, um, who's, mm-hmm. who has weird sweat acid powers. But who's this guy in the middle, Gary? Who's this dude with the antenna? Well, we're going to we're going to find out. Uh, in this issue and it's one of those things where i'm going to keep calling him his old code name because i think it's much better than the one he comes up with yes uh so that's it's always bugged me but he's got antenna he's got these little bumps all over him he's a really weird looking design Mm -hmm. uh white hair um yeah uh and we get right into it with that character um with their uh their narration um as they're taking a specially constructed shower Mm -hmm. um that does a mist on him but it still feels like daggers in his skin yes and um his narration is all about how 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 much how he's gotten used to the suit that professor x designed for him so without the suit he can feel just about anything he's so sensitive to everything the example is a fly comes by and he can feel like the vibration from the fly buzzing down his spine um but with this suit on he a lot that's he's deadened and he can actually go and have a normal life if you count like playing Russian roulette every single morning, a normal life, which is what he's waking up to do, or no, which is what he's going to do at the going end of to the sleep. day. Yeah, yeah. Every night he plays Russian roulette, which like I think about Russian roulette a lot because I find it it's like a useful metaphor for things. And I, one of the things that disavowed when I was younger, I used to think like Russian roulette. I was like, oh yeah. You know, like you could do that because you have such good chances of living. And then I started playing D and D, and was realizing like, oh, like I roll three sixes <laughs> you know i roll three ones like I, this isn't uh you know that shit happens uh you know you could not pay me like i would not do russian roulette for a million dollars you know so two million uh, it's scary shit no three no i don't think i would do uh come on. any come any on. amount of money 30 for a one in six chance of dying Dude, th- no. 30 is the life changer right there man come on 30 is a big life changer. I don't think I'd do it, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm at, to die. if I didn't have to shoot my head, 
<laughs> then yes. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, if you're talking about your foot, then thirty dollars is as high as I'm going to go for you. Maybe shooting your foot Check off. Check this out. Dude. If we're going to get back into the thirty million thing, I will do Russian roulette with my dick. Huh? I, I, okay. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> GoFundMe.com <laughs> slash Gary Dick Russian Roulette. <laughs> I mean, it's 2021 and everyone's doing the podcasters dick challenge. Oh man, uh, I, you, I, you know, <laughs> would we like? I don't think he would do. I don't think he could pull the trigger. I really don't. I, I really don't think he could pull the trigger. I don't know that I, it, for thirty I, mil. I would say that I would say this outright. I don't think that I could like shoot myself in any form or fashion, even if I like. Even if I knew that there was thirty million, even if it, if I knew that there was going to be like, if I had to go to Vietnam or something, but or shoot myself, like I don't know that I could I could injure myself with a gun that way. Like I just don't know that I'd have the fucking stones to do it. But I definitely could not shoot myself in the dick. Like I don't think I could force myself to pull the trigger. I think I could for thirty million. Well, we're down to thirty dollars on on well on dick shooting. So. <laughs> well, no deal. <laughs> What's your dick worth to you, Gary? Is this this a negotiation or what? (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm trying to save a buck and see a dick, okay? (laughs) A freestanding one. Uh, We we cut over to the name of this uh, issue, which is Mr. Sensitive. Um, And I love this little detail we see inside uh, Mr. Sensitive's house here. And it's full of shag carpeting and the walls are all soundproofed. Uh, which I think is a really nice little detail. Yeah, yeah. Like all the padding on the walls. Looks like this dude is just constantly podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. Uh, we cut over to uh, the anarchist and coach uh, and uh, Edie looking over the footage of the uh, massacre. Yeah. And obviously you know, this is this, and we kind of, this is stressing out the people who the survivors of this because um, – not zeitgeist jesus christ i don't know why i keep calling him zeitgeist anarchist, anarchist. is convinced that they were coming after him and Edie is like that doesn't make any fucking sense like for all we know you could have been the person that done this like they they're kind of everything is breaking down like they weren't really stable to begin with and now this extra pressure is just making them fall apart especially because anarchist's attitude is a little bit grating yeah yeah and he's also they start making this uh play for leadership you know, like you're going to have to chill out if I'm going to be the leader. And she's like, well, what if I'm going to be the new leader, um, you know, and coach is basically saying this is the risk. Like you can die at any time uh, here uh, when they start accusing each other of he's like, you know, maybe you did this. Uh, ED. She's like, well, if that were true, then I wouldn't have gotten, you know, revenge on the killers. Yeah. And they show her going into the helicopter and it is, you know, these faceless kind of drones in the helicopter with a helmet who she teleported out into the uh, middle of nowhere. So that it'd splat on the street. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, same thing like Edie says, well, maybe you're working with them because you killed them before we could interrogate anyone, you know? Uh, he's like, well, yeah, maybe I got a little carried away. And they show him dissolving everyone in acid. Yeah, the fun thing about this argument is that as they're talking about this in front of like a like a movie projector, right? Like in front of a like mm-hmm. an actual screen in the background, you can see this all happening because, of course, Dupe was there filming everything. Um, so you see him <laughs> ripping spines out of people and going fucking nuts. Um, but it, ultimately, like Anarchist, this whole thing is not to really take anything seriously, which really argues Edie because this is something that she actually wants. Like this is she wants to be the leader. This is a goal for her. This is something yeah. serious. Yep. 
Uh, and it will, it will make sense um, here. You know, they're saying like, uh, she says like, you know, let's reform X-Force without anarchist on it. Uh, and coach says, no, you know, the new team has already been selected. The new leader has already been selected. Uh, the owner doesn't want any, your new owner doesn't want any, you know, any conflict. Um, you know, and there's this great, you know, little bit here where anarchist is like the new owner, you mean the guys who give us mission aren't some kind of shady and mysterious organization. And you go, Google girls like, no, morally ambiguous, answerable to no one but themselves, you know? And of course, no, it's a venture capitalist. Yeah. Uh, and we're introduced to our shitty, like 20 year old software billionaire. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, who runs the team? The shitty yeah. Elon Musk of this whole thing. Um, absolutely. And yeah. he's a Spike Freeman. Spike Freeman. He's a trillionaire, thirty-four years old. Can you imagine having a trillion dollars when you were thirty-four years old? Jesus Christ, dude. Okay, I would. Uh, I would not be good. Maybe shoot my dick off. For I would shoot my dick. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, I, I, I would shoot your dick off for that much. I would shoot your dick off for thirty dollars. Like, if we're being serious, we could do it together. Like, gift of the magic. Okay. Okay. Like, <laughs> this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, split it, dude. You would not believe what happened on this episode of Days of Future Cast. <laughs> well, it's not quite a murder suicide. It's a lot more complicated it's than that. It's a little bit more complicated. We're going to have to take some time on this one. It starts out with yeah. X Force 116. Yeah. The, um, so, uh, you know, Coach says, like, listen, this is non negotiable. Uh, the media already has their press packets. Yeah. You know, and we are given the sizzle reel of the team. Yep. And we uh, start out with. Yeah. Um, what is this pink? dude's name? Bloke. Yeah, but uh, AKA. Bloke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Used to be pink. Used to be pink. Yeah. Um, but he's from San Francisco and he fights crime. He has weird skin and a, like a weird facial structure. And um, mm-hmm. he used to be like Rainbow Dude, which was his former name. Excuse me. Not Pink Rainbow. Um, but then his, his abilities kind of matured and he was able to camouflage himself. And then when he pinks up, he can wreak a bunch of havoc. Um, they show him literally yes. twisting the, the head off of some poor soldier in a tank. So. Yep. Uh, and this is all written in like media speak, like a commercial. Yes. Um, you know, they're playing up his, his gayness, his sexuality mm-hmm. for marketing. Like he's big and pink and has impeccable taste in soft furnishings. Exactly. Uh, you know, um, he is the, uh, you know, they talk about his kill rating of six per mission, you know, uh, really, really good. Um, so he's going to kind of be the Hulk of the team. Um, we cut over again to this commercial, basically, for our next character, uh, Miles Alfred, um, a.k.a. the Vivisector, who is a nerd. Uh, and when he gets teased, he basically turns into a werewolf. Yes. Here. And uh, they show him shredding his bullies because, of course, that's, this, that's a classic style. That's a classic story, Gary. Um, the, mm-hmm. the shy nerd, you know, going, going fucking crazy. Uh, Next, I, lo- I love the bottom of this. Uh, author of a critically acclaimed pamphlet on Walt Whitman and able to tear through steel walls with his teeth and claws. Perfect. Yes. Um, yeah. Pamphlet on Walt Whitman. Can't can't wait to so. get that zine in my inbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up is Fat, aka Billy Bob Riley. Uh, they're really <laughs> playing up his like kind of poor upbringing with racist and illiterate parents uh alcoholics and a life on the streets and it becomes like this weird street thing and then he thought he was just having like a like a weird you know weight fluctuations because of stress but it turns out he has a mutability to just change his entire body um and now he's called fat p-h-a-t because yeah that's what we're doing now Yeah, uh, that's the well, again. It's marketing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. Is, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, this is they're trying to they're trying to make him seem like something he's not, which we're going to see. You know, get that undercut really soon. Um, he basically is like the blob, except he can control it. Like he blobs up, um, you know, and can uh, you know crush things or become 
you know, uh, resilient mm-hmm. in this way. Um, and definitely coded in like an M&M Absolutely. kind of fashion. Um, the next one we get is uh, St. Anna, uh, who is presented as this like, uh, you know, in this barrio in Buenos Aires, uh, you know, where this uh, Catholic priest and an Argentinian, like local Irish girl, uh, had sex and gave birth to this person who's kind of worshipped as a god. You know, uh, she, she has telekinesis. She can heal the sick. Uh, and they call her St. Anna. Yes. As you mentioned. And then we are introduced to our our cover guy, the guy who's playing Russian roulette every single night, uh, Mr. Sensitive, who was born with the mm-hmm. antenna and the, the shock of white hair. Um, but he was so ultra sensitive that he could barely like function. And so he spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to reduce that, trying to figure out how to live with this, including drugs, karate, uh, meditation, all of this other stuff. Um, something in here is mentioned, uh, the obscene kiss, which I'm very curious about. <laughs> Need more details on the <laughs> yeah. obscene kiss, please. Um, but eventually he met up with uh, or caught the attention of Charles Xavier, and Xavier designed him the suit that allowed him to kind of like have a normal, quote unquote, normal life. Yeah, and and you know, be a superhero. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we cut to this dysfunction. There's always going to be this backstage dis- dysfunction. Just like a uh, just like at the one in person duck fest, there was all of that list complete strife dude, backstage. This, this is basically what it was like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, where you know, Mister Sensitive, we cut over to him. He's just sitting there, not facing the team, as uh, Vivisector and Fat and Bloke. Uh, all, you know, trade barbs. Yeah. Uh, cause they're yeah. all like, you know, they're, none of them are like, they don't know each other. Uh, they don't particularly have any kind of bonding time to together or anything. So they're all just like shitty and mean with each other. And our, um, mm-hmm. our, our, our narration, our point of view is through Mr. Sensitive. And he's like, yeah, they are absolutely eating this up. Like they, they, they could tell that they made this, like that being part of X-Force because it's the celebrity thing. It's it's basically a ticket to do to be rich and famous and to do whatever you want. Like this is a stepping off point for their entire lives. So they are extremely excited about it and they're not willing to back down. Like they think the best thing to do is to become aggressive and shitty people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and there's there's a great uh you know, I like uh anarchist a lot in this book. Uh you girl you go girl pops in and is like, Cool it, I will not tolerate tolerate this kind of behavior on my team. And uh Anarchist says, Your team, hey kids, I got a ball. You wanna be on my team? <laughs> <laughs> Holding a basketball, which I, I really like. Uh and then coach grabs it and says, We're all on the same team. It's time for our next mission. You know, unlike the last one, this one will actually be dangerous. Yeah. And uh, Coach outlines this thing of there's this kid who got um, who's from the People's Republic of Bastrona. A lot of this is, uh, I feel like, I mean, absolutely is commentary on like Western imperialism because a lot of this happens in far countries. And I mean, the boys is very popular right now. And that's like one of the hooks of that show is like, oh, are we we're not going to go send all of our superheroes into other countries because that's just going to be great. Like we can't really do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's a theme of like the ultimates as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and. And this is also, I think, um, Elian Gonzalez, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, This specifically, you know, that image of him, like a soldier pulling him from bed. That's why I think this is meant to to evoke. You know, Uh, and they're basically saying, you know, you recognize the footage, um, you know, after they tried to uh, get rescued, after he was rescued, um, you know, they want to get him back. And the reason why is because he caused this gigantic crater. Like he's a mutant. It's a half a mile wide, almost as deep. Yeah. Um, 
you know, they, the story was it was hit by a meteor, but that's not true. Yeah, it, it didn't happen um, until the boy, until the kid like moved in and they were, they were definitely having some problems. Um, yeah. And you know, like yeah. the Mr. Sensitive has this moment where he can almost feel from this far away, like how this kid is feeling. Like his powers have some like weird, interesting kind of ramifications where uh, he realizes like that kid's an orphan. His parents died. Like I can, I can hear, I can feel his mother crying. I can feel the tires as that runs over his parents. Um, but then they get sent out on the mission and uh, coach says, Hey, the, the leader of this team is going to be announced at the press conference. Like you guys can stop fighting about it. And uh, sure. Yeah. Sure enough. We go back to our same area for the press conference where Mr. Sensitive kind of breaks into everything and announces that he has a name change uh, to the orphan. I, I It's very funny. Yes. <laughs> like he's like, I have something to say. I am the orphan. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, I go to this they, joke uh, a lot, but like, it's just like the, I declare bankruptcy thing on the office, right? Like it's very, <laughs> very similar. Uh, and here, here's a, you know, this great moment in the press conference, you know, where, uh, you know, you go girl kind of re- rolls her eyes, you know, this is not about minor quibbles about your, you know, your name and, uh, who comes in, but, uh, you know, early 2000 rap rock cannonball, uh, and the rest of the old X force. Yep. Um, charging the stage saying like, this is all about media and merchandise and money. They're degrading the name of X-Force. And they get like, and they get into like this, like kerfluffle. Um, and you know, there's some, there's some back and forth. You go girl takes, uh, what's her name? Um, meltdown, boom, 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 all the way to the, to the sky who, you know, she can't fly or anything. And Domino comes up and like holds a gun on boop and cannonball and anarchist are fighting. Like, it's just a kind of a mess at this press conference, which I would imagine if you're a team like this, like this is fucking gold for you, right? Like this is exactly where you want to be. Yeah, I love I love the bit, uh, you know, Edie being like, we we went over this cannonball. If you like the name so much, you should have trademarked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, the idea of X-Force, like, you know, living in the desert, being run by cable and trademarking their name is really it's funny to me. Very funny to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. I'm going to have every X-Force website. It says copywritten, you know. <laughs> yeah. You think that's yeah. how Scott found out what cable's real name is? He was just looking up the trademark. <laughs> 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 Nathan Summers. What? What the? What does this mean? What are this the ramifications? NathanSummers.com. Um, the uh, you know, so so Mister Sensitive ends up saving Dupe, and there's a part where the reporter asks the coach, he's like, "Hey, are you worried they're going to kill each other?" And he's like, "You know, despite appearances, these are all professionals." You know, like, and what he's saying is basically is like his team is not going to kill anybody because it would be a public relations nightmare. And the X-Force people are heroes. Like they might hurt each other, but no one's going to die Yeah. Uh, at this point. Uh, as we show Fat and Vivisector take out uh, Warpath. And uh, yeah, uh, we get to the, the end of this little fight. They fought off old X-Force. Yep. And the coach announces that the new captain is going to be, and of course we go over to Edie and Anarchist. But actually, it's going to be Mr. Sensitive, a.k.a. The Orphan. Um, I'm mm-hmm. with you. I think Mr. Sensitive is a is a very direct and, like, it's a real easy-to-remember name. The Orphan just does not work for me at all, which I think is on yeah. purpose. I think all of that is on purpose. So, Yeah, I, I, I don't love that. Uh, and nobody likes this. Uh, orphan is saying, like, don't do this. I'm not ready. Like, make you go girl the leader. She wants it and deserves it. Uh, she's flipping out. You know, like, I've got seniority. I'm the one who gets us around. You know, there's this great thing where she tells him to drop dead and teleports away. And the way they the art does it is really cool. It looks like an Andy Warhol print. 
of like half, uh, you know, kind of faded images appearing from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Anarchist congratulates him. He's like, and you know, he's like, you're not disappointed. No, I just, I just wanted to rile Edie up. Uh, you know, I don't want this to be the leader. Have you ever heard the term poison chalice? Yep. Uh, so and, and yeah, so like another just view into anarchist just um, trying to live up to his name and just you know causing strife, even if he doesn't necessarily care yeah. about anything. Uh, from here we go to uh, Mister Sensitive, like getting home for the day and what looks looks like like you know just like an average house in a suburb somewhere. Which I don't know why that cracks mm-hmm. me up so much. Like just to have this dude in a weird uniform, <laughs> like unlocking his He's door with a duffel bag. Yeah, what's in that duffel bag? <laughs> <laughs> um. And the news a newscaster like confronts him and starts answering starts you know badgering him with questions and he's answering it answering the questions but like you know very monosyllabically when the door closes mm-hmm. and she's kind of doing her exit run they hear a gunshot inside the house uh, and we don't know what happened because that's where the issue is ends yeah that's our cliffhanger yep. dun 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 we know he plays Russian roulette is he dead no uh. So that's going to be the the uh, end of this issue. Um, we're kind of doing an arc. This is the beginning of the first like little miniature arc mm-hmm. of this. Um, this comic is roughly structured around these missions that they'll go on. Yeah. So this is kind of the Paco Perez arc, which is basically th- the whole X Force part of this kind of revolves around this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so we're going to find out. You know, the team's going to go on that mission next uh, issue, and we're going to see how these new Ecstatics people handle it yeah and this is you know going the first issue literally killing off all but two of the main team is i think pretty amazing like you really have to love Mm -hmm. that and then like learning who these people are and like getting introduced to mr sensitive and everything like what i keep getting struck by is not just the art which like remains so good that we forget to talk about it like i think that's probably the best thing you could say on a podcast like this where we (laughs) tend to pick out the, the the flaws and make fun of them um but also just like how well realized that they are in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you already know Mr. Sensitive to a, to a degree and it's just so well and elegantly like presented to you that it just, there is no dump of exposition. <laughs> like it's just, mm-hmm. it's just very well written and it's so much fun to read. Like it just breezes by when you're reading it. I love it so much. Yeah. They're really well sketched. Exactly. You know, we're going to get a lot more development on these three characters specifically, um, even very soon. You know, uh, but it's they start off just kind of making sense. And there isn't that problem that comes up in a lot of team books with more conventional superhero writers, I find, where any of the lines people say, like anybody on the team could have said it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of times I'll read the Avengers and like if you just took a line out of nowhere, like, you know, oftentimes I could tell if it was Thor because it has verilies and thous and shit. Of course. And, uh, you know, sometimes like Hawkeye is kind of a smart ass. But, like, I defy people to know the difference between, like, just with a text, a line that, like, Scarlet Witch said versus, like, Black Knight. Yeah. You know, or Jack of Hearts or some shit. Like, there's a lot of, te- you know, teams that are made up of characters that do n- that are not archetypes. They're not anything types, really. Like, all of their characterization happens so slowly and over the course of, like, decades sometimes that they don't have really distinct voices. And something that I that's really common in comics that I really love, and this is true of New X-Men as well, is that the characters had really distinct voices. Yes. Yeah. They feel like much uh, more like actual characters as opposed to just archetypes or just you know, a a person with a different superpower to draw on the page. Yeah. You know, and part of that is this, this focus on this core cast of of these three. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to exploring more. Me too. 
if you like um, the show, patreon.com slash stuckdtv is the place to go to support the network as a whole. There's tons and tons of good shows. Gary, you guys just launched a brand new show that we haven't talked about, oh, and you should yeah. talk about it. I should. Everyone should go to orb.show to listen <laughs> to know the URL. Orb. It's pretty good. Orb.show. And it is our episode-by-episode episode recap show about the Venture Brothers. We have entered into the... Uh, you know, the the podcast genre of recaps of cartoons that are two to four times longer than the cartoon itself. Gary, that's what this podcast uh, started out as being. So yeah. I think we, we, you're, you're, yeah. you're very, maybe, Gary, maybe, excuse me, maybe Cole's not very comfortable with this, but like you have to be pretty cozy right now. I, I guess that's, that's true. <laughs> We're back in it. This is uh, <laughs> the, uh, so I, I am pretty cozy. It feels good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is my point um we record two episodes of that that is really fun um and it is also uh i'm looking forward to watching that too this is a good fall for me like hitting some media i really love between uh ecstatics and venture brothers you're doing um what so. episode per podcast yep weekly yep yep uh yep excellent and uh just kind of going through one of the things i really want to do and we just recorded an episode like the intro episode and then the pilot but is explain what all these references are because like every weird drawing in the venture brothers is like some weird obscure marvel comics character like a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh and i'm looking forward to uh pointing those out like truck <laughs> that's chappy yeah love tr- i love truculi so much truculi the combination truck hercules oh man uh, when he gets a little cu- drunk and he's like beep beep <laughs> Truculi's coming through. <laughs> really good. Oh, this like you know, there's a when he goes to the wedding. Yes, that's what I'm talking like, about. Hey, where's yeah. your plus one? Yeah, we're oh, this big rig seats for two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid Truculi's is going stag. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So good. Oh man, I'm so looking forward oh. to it. Um, things have been obviously a little crazy right now, so I haven't listened to the the episode from the Patreon feed yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Venture Brothers is one of my favorite shows of all time. So, Oh, yeah. And and for fans of, of Jeremy Greer, like, we're 1,000% going to have you on. Yeah. So, the uh, yeah, we just, um, like, once we get a couple episodes and get our rhythm, uh, our friends and stuff that we know who love, we're going to, you know, the thing be like, hey, you're probably just a couple guests per season, but just, like, what is the episode on the first season that you love the most? Like... You know, we want to have you on. We want to have Gwen on, uh, who is a huge fan and also did our theme song, uh, oh, cool. which is a phenomenal banger. Yeah, I, I did so. listen to that the other day. It was super good. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. She's incredibly talented. I'm going to volunteer so. um, Autumn to come on at some point because she's a big Venture Brothers fan. Oh, too. that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. I don't get, I don't get enough Autumn in my life. <laughs> Autumn, Autumn just looked um, at me and was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the podcasting is like there you know how in the back in the day like if a woman had her period they make him go stay in a hut sure mm-hmm. when a guy does his podcast you have to go stay in the hut absolutely yeah like it's you know like she's not around she's not around like you're fucking debasing yourself <laughs> this is terrible uh, it's <laughs> hot and sweaty in yeah. here. i don't even have a fan on yeah. for some reason i'm just terrible yeah it's uh, like a fucking locker room there's an entire locker room into my armpits and they're talking about shooting their dicks. I don't want to be a part of this. Terrible um, conversation. We'll see you next time with <laughs> X-Force 118. <laughs> More terrible conversation. <laughs> <laughs>